1: Okay, so just a little disclaimer. If you support or even sympathise with Real Madrid, this next half an hour won't fill you with joy and happiness. It might even make you slightly angry, to be fair. But try and bypass that. Sit back, relax. Let's be positive as we get into gear in 2019, okay? All on board? Right then, let's go. Hi, I'm Luis García and you're listening to La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Pablo Machín. This is La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Jordi Amat. You are listening to La Liga Lowdown, and I'm David Garrido. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini pod with Radislav and broadcast on Sirius XM FC 157 in North America. Spanish football is back, and we have heaps of talking points. Strap yourselves in. Here is what's on the way inside the next half an hour. Real Madrid are officially awful again. They lost at home to Real Sociedad and had a man sent off. But hey, at least they've signed a player they don't really need, Ibrahim Diaz. Here's Ewan. He is an
2: excellent dribbler and an. Average passing finisher I see a lot of similarities With Vinicius Junior Who is as direct And as ambitious as Diaz But as raw as him too
1: The champions came through What could have been A tricky game at Getafe Román has got that covered I was also
0: really surprised With Getafe's conviction Bordelas has managed To instill a very Competitive mindset In his players And the team Never
1: gave up We had second Versus third As Atletico visited Sevilla and Drew At the bottom Both Huesca and Rayo Won What? But Valencia lost to Alaves And it's getting tricky For their coach According to
3: Marcelino is no longer fully backed by the board. Should he stumble again in the next few days, a sacking is no longer out of the question. Celta
1: and Athletic also long for happier times. They met at Balaidos and Alex was there to see the Iker and Iñaki show as the Lions bared their teeth.
4: Both Munein and Williams sure showed up here but it wasn't surprising in some respects. In his playing career, there is no team that Munain has beaten more than Celta.
1: Plus your three-word verdicts on all of Matchday 18. That's all coming up. One place to start The Estadio Santiago Bernabéu Where their second lowest League attendance of the season witnessed Real Madrid A. Lose to a Real Sociedad team Who'd lost their last four games B. Not score And C. Have a man sent off And if you're wondering Yes, it was as bad as it sounds Have a listen
4: This is a penalty He has given an early penalty here As the referee Jose Luis Munuera Montero Yes, Casemiro Who was late Just commits a foul Me And sure. it is a penalty and William Jose straight down the middle and the player who made one appearance during a lone spell for Real Madrid has scored to put Real Sociedad ahead here Mika Moreno picks it up and is then fell by the backtracking Lucas Vasquez I think he's going to pick up a yellow card for that challenge and he is oh it's a red card because it's Lucas Vasquez second yellow of course is. some things are going to be very difficult for Real Madrid Iaramendi trying to make his way forward and there's a ball into the centre and it is 2-0 and they've been opened up and it's the substitute Ruben Parro on to the end of William José's cross and La Real have doubled their advantage with eight minutes of the 90 remaining here. So
1: that's how the goals went in on 11 sports in the UK. Madrid fans will point to a big penalty shout on Vinicius Junior with the young Brazilian going down under the challenge of Geronimo Rui in the 18 yard box. The referee did nothing. It's still unclear if the Real Sociedad keeper got a touch on the ball first, but either way, this is exactly the sort of incident where VAR absolutely has to come into play, and yet it didn't for whatever reason. Still, to be fair, Rui was excellent on his return to the side with Miguel Ángel Moya out injured. He denied Vinicius a few times. Also, Alvaran, Sergio Ramos and Luka Modric so maybe he'd earned that bit of luck It's also a winning return for Emmanuel Aguasil who was in caretaker charge last season at Anueta and here's the thing having scored himself at the Bernabeu in a victory for Real Sociedad back in 1994, playing at right-back 25 years on, he masterminds a win there as coach. Brilliant. The big talking point, though, is Madrid. The gap between level of performance and ability in this squad is ridiculously big. It was hard to pick out anyone who played even vaguely well aside Vinicius. Maybe Dani Carahal had a push. The crowd whistled Marcelo, who's been below par in both form and fitness for some time, and the substitution showed who was. Wasn't up to it on Sunday night. Marcelo, Tony Cross, Casemiro all taken off. Uh, Casemiro's error for the penalty was poor. Likewise, Lucas Vasquez's second yellow card, both for challenges on Mikel Merino. Uh, Madrid was just picked off, leaving gaping holes all over the pitch, and the second goal was just too easy. Luka Modric afterwards didn't hold back. It's nothing to do with luck, he says. We create a lot of chances, but the ball doesn't go in and we concede too many goals. Many of us aren't up to the level required. And we cannot mess up each game at the start. Well, the stats absolutely back up that story. Real Madrid have now lost six league games this season. That's the same number as in all of last season. And 11 teams have let in fewer than their 23 goals conceded. 11. That's more than half the division. Yes, they've had injuries. But their squad depth should help them cope better than this. And then there's the coach. Santi Solari's comment about not underestimating the value of a draw, remember they were held at Villarreal, is strong strikingly unambitious and for Madrid fans those words should never come out of the mouth of the man directing the team. Not that it gets much easier, by the way. A trip to the Benito Villamarin to face Raul Betis and they welcome Sevilla the following weekend. But, supposedly, some good news at the Bernabeu. Winger Brahim Diaz was presented on Monday as their latest recruit, the 19-year-old joining from Manchester City, signing a contract until 2025. The initial fee said to be around €17 million, potentially rising to €25 Well, the player himself earned early brownie points by saying there were only three options to leave City one to play for Real Madrid two to play for Real Madrid and three to play for Real Madrid well played Mr Diaz it's yet another youngster that Madrid have brought in gone are the Galactico days it would seem so exactly who is Brahim Diaz what's he all about what qualities does he have and where does he fit in and Ali Lowdown's Ewan McTier is the man who can tell us more
2: well David to be quite honest with you I don't think he does fit in he's left Manchester City because of a lack of playing time but I struggle to see how he'd earn any more minutes at Real Madrid where the path to the start in is also blocked by superstars. He is only 19 years of age though so he's clearly one for the future and he does have quality. His main position is on the wing but he's versatile enough to play inside. Able to use both feet, he is an excellent dribbler and an average pass and finisher. I see a lot of similarities with Vinicius Junior who is as direct and as ambitious as Diaz but as raw as him too. I understand Real Madrid's policy of signing young talent before they blossom into expensive superstars. But I think the fan base would have preferred a just add water signing this January window. Brahim Diaz isn't that.
1: Cheers Ewan. So what about the challenges to the crown? Sevilla and Atletico Madrid fought out a 1-1 draw, both goals coming in the first half. Sevilla threw Wissam Benyeda after the excellent Hesos Navas had got to the byline, pulled it back. Daniel Carrizo touched it to the Frenchman, who swiveled and fired past Yano Black at just moments after Andre Silva's drive had hit the post. But just before the break, Carrizo committed a foul on the edge of the box to give away a free kick, which Antoine Griezmann fired up and over the wall, and in it was an equaliser that Atletico barely deserved on that first half performance. And although they did improve in the second forty-five, it was the keepers who really impressed after that. Oblak for Atleti keeping out to Pablo Sarabia and Yoris Nagnon from range, and Thomas Vatslik for Sevilla denying Griezmann, Saul, and Thomas Partey. Oh, and one other thing to mention: twelve yellow cards in this game, seven for Atleti five for Sevilla, it was intense. Now Pablo Machin said that if either team were close to winning, it was his Sevilla. Whereas Diego Simeone said that if Griezmann had been a little more clinical with his chances other than the goal, well victory would have been theirs. But for my money, Sevilla are the team in the leading positions who are best representing their coach's preferred tactics. And that's a huge reason for them doing so well this campaign. Thomas Vazlik is one of the best keepers of the season. Uh, the centre-backs are solid, but they can play the ball too. The wing-backs love to bomb on. The midfield is balanced with Ever and Roque Mesa interchanging and Pablo Sarabia pushing forward while Andre Silva can score and create and with Ben Yedda is a true fox in the box everyone knows their role and this very much looks and feels like a Pablo Machin team but how genuine are their title chances and how do they compare to Atletico Madrids? well back to you and McTear to assess the situation for us what do you reckon Ewan who's got the better chance of chasing down Barca
2: I think the team with the better chance is Atletico Madrid and the main reason for that is that Atleti have much better squad depth we've already seen that this season even though single single one of Atletico's defenders has been injured over the past couple of months, they've still had the backups to come in and do a job. It's the same in midfield and even in attack. So long as they don't lose Oblak or Griezmann to injury, Atleti can keep it together. Sevilla, on the other hand, haven't had as many injuries so far and have been fortunate in that sense. If they do suffer a visit from the injury demons then they could struggle. Related to this is the fact that Sevilla will have played many more fixtures by the end of the season. Their season started in July because they had to play six Europa League qualifying matches and they could have many more midweek fixtures to come because they usually go far in this competition. I'd expect them to burn out a little towards the end of April, especially at the wing back positions. 33 year old Jesus Navas surely cannot keep up his impressive form all season long. We've seen Sevilla tire before in previous seasons. I think they'll do so again.
1: Thanks again, Ewan. Well Sevilla Atleti was our chosen match on Partiasa Predictions. It's a thread that we do on our Twitter feed ahead of one La Liga game that we pick each and every weekend. It is a one point for the right result, three points for the correct scoreline, everyone in the squad involved trying to forecast that final score. Well only Bolit went for a draw and he earns a single point for his prediction. So here are the overall standings. Paco now on sixteen points, Ewan stays on thirteen, I'm still ten, Roman nine, and Alex Johnson has seven points. But plenty still to play for. Well, Barcelona now find themselves five points clear at the top after a hard-fought win at Getafe by two goals to one. It could have been very different had Jaime Matas' goal not been disallowed because of a supposed foul from Angel on Clément Longley. Again, where was VAR? The first goal came on 20 minutes, then on Messi latching onto a looping ball into the box, nipping it through the legs of David Soria, but seeing that it wasn't going in, followed up to squeeze it home from an the Q-tangle. Barca's second was a sweeter strike, as you'll see, from Luis Suarez. A messy ball into the box, half-cleared to the Uruguayan on the edge of the box, simply swung with his right boot on the volley. Heddafi 's response was swift and smart, though. They hit the diagonal to catch out Jordi Alba, Angel in behind to cushion a pass across the six-yard box for Mata to get one back before half-time. And actually, Heddafi got stronger in the second half. Jordi Alba almost scored an own goal, but it came back off the post, and the Barca keeper, Marc-Andre Ter taken save superbly from Nemanja Maksimovic, while at the other end, Messi unbelievably missed a clear one-on-one with David Soria. Still, it is five La Liga wins in a row for the champions and no defeat in nine in all competitions. Let's get more on this then from our Roman de Arquer who is in Barcelona. Uh, Roman, how vital was it for Barca to get through this one unscathed against tough opponents and actually extend their lead at the top of the table?
0: Barca had a great chance to
1: open a gap with
0: their pursuers after Atleti, Sevilla and Madrid all dropped points and they made the most of it although it wasn't at all easy. Valverde was aware of this chance and after the game he admitted that this increased the pressure on the team. He also pointed out Getafe's defensive strengths in the game, especially their man-to-man marking. As a matter of fact, they have just conceded 15 goals this season in La Liga. Only Atleti have received fewer goals with 13. I was also really surprised with Getafe's conviction. Bordelas has managed to instill a very competitive mindset in his players and the team never gave up. No matter their score, they kept pushing with a wonderful performance by their strikers Mata and Angel.
1: And what about this transfer window, Roman? We're barely a week in and, of course, Barca will always be linked with players. Of those who've been mentioned, obviously we've already got Jason Murillo through the door. Who do you like
0: and who do they most need? Personally, I'm a big fan of the elite and the young. These two players are having a phenomenal season with Ajax, in their domestic league and in the Champions League. They're young players performing as experienced ones with a pass-based mentality of football that relates a lot to Barca. I think they'd be a great fit, although their chance of arriving this winter is pretty slim. Rabiot is also technically gifted and could be a great complement for our midfield. But I don't think he should be a priority right now. As a matter of fact, I believe Barca shouldn't be desperate to sign players after bringing in Mourinho. But if they have to, maybe I'd focus on a versatile guy capable of playing as a left-back and a centre-back. Right now, we only have three fit centre-backs and Alba doesn't really have a reliable replacement. My other option would be a number nine if Munir finally leaves, as we'd only have Suárez for that position.
1: Cheers, Roman. Right, that is it for part one of this La mini-pod but just three games down so seven to go and still plenty to discuss in part two we're back shortly hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role Well, welcome back to this La Liga mini-pod with Redis Takanov and broadcast on Sirius MFC 157 in North America. We're heading to the Basque country now. A year ago, Alaves were only just above the bottom three, but they started 2019 just outside the Champions League places and they jumped into them with a 2-1 victory at home to Valencia. Now, this one was all about set pieces. Dani Parejo scored with a pinpoint free kick inside a quarter of an hour, but then Valencia failed to defend two corners. Borobaston kneeing in the equaliser, Tomas Pina with a cleaner contact for what proved to be that winner just before half-time. And so Valencia's centenary year begins with another disappointing defeat. And the result has really ramped up the pressure on Martellino. It's a delicate situation that he's in. He had credit in the bank after last season, getting Lost here, back into the Champions League. But has he used it all up now? Uh, let's speak to our Paco Bolit, who is monitoring the situation closely. Paco, what's your read on it?
3: Well, for me, it's quite clear. Martellino's out of credit. It's gone. Poof. Disappeared. He's now a regular coach, not the super manager who couldn't get anything wrong like some people thought last season. After the game at Alaves, he complained about the pitch being icy, even though both teams played on it. Ahead of the Copa del Rey tie against the Sporting, he stated that he was the same guy as 12 months ago and that the only difference between this year and last was the fact that they'd scored 20 fewer goals. Too simplistic analysis, I would say, and I don't really know if Peter Lim will be persuaded by those kind of arguments. Marcelino is no longer fully backed by the board, should he stumble again in the next few days, a sacking is no longer out of the question. And that would be a problem for Valencia, as the coach has appointed over a dozen key individuals in different positions to his liking, and firing him would require all that work to be undone. A very delicate spot for Marcelino, indeed.
1: Thanks, Paco. Well, from an Alaves point of view, they are fourth and they still haven't lost at home this season. Abelardo said that he felt proud to be coaching the team and blessed by the fan support. They had to enjoy having 31 points from 18 games. They absolutely should. Alaves really are one of the real feel-good stories of this season. Well, from the race for fourth to the fight to avoid relegation, which has suddenly perked up a bit. It may have looked like Wesker were dead and buried, but they started 2019 in the best possible way and their president from the three kings from the east was a first ever home victory in La Liga and what was even more satisfying was that they had to come from behind against Rabetis at the Estadio El Alcoraz to get it. Out wide into Christian Teo
4: fantastic first touch from Christian Teo as he races into the Wesker boss goes down under the challenge and it's a penalty can he make it two and two Sanabria
3: well the goalkeeper got a hand to it but it is in and Real Betis take the lead with their first shot target, Christian Teo's has given it away and there's players forward here for Wesker, David Ferreiro and there's the equaliser, it's Gaya the substitute with the ball in and there's nothing that Paulo Lopez can do and it's Gaya with the free kick William Carvalho, where's the shot comes in it's in, incredible and it's Rivera with an absolutely stunning strike, there goes the final whistle and Wesker have done it For the first time in this club's history, they've won at home
1: in the top flight of Spanish football. They've waited a long time for it. Ninth time. Lucky this season. Let's be honest, it's only what Huesca deserve. They've had rotten luck despite improving under Francisco, but you wouldn't have known that just looking at their results on a website. This wasn't even their best performance with him in charge. But to be fair, Rabetis threw this game away after leading with more than 70 minutes played and Kike Setién admitted as much. Francisco talked about pride, spirit, desire with Huesca, but they'll need plenty more where that came from in their next match. It's absolutely crucial as they go to Putarque to take on a Leganese side who haven't lost there since mid-sept September. Rayo Baicano also got a win away to fellow promoted side Real Valladolid. One goal was enough and it came inside just 30 seconds. An excellent move down the left involving Alex Moreno and Adrian Barba was finished off by the returning Alvaro Medran to give the visitors the lead at the Estadio Jose Sorria. the fastest goal in La Liga this season. It was a lead they almost relinquished right at the very end when Abdoulaye Bar brought down Valladolid's substitute Duje Shop in the box, but Sola dimitrevsky saved the resulting penalty from one Michel, making the other Michel in the right. Dugouts are very happy and perhaps relieved man it is back-to-back victories after three defeats in all competitions Sergio González apologised to his Valladolid fans especially after conceding so early on he said they couldn't let it happen again now Athletic Club started match to 18 in the bottom three so how would they respond to the two teams below them winning well by beating Celta in Vigo by two goals to one Iñaki Williams created the first for Iker Munyain on 19 minutes and he scored the second himself in the second half after his own keeper Yago Herrina sent a long ball forward over Celta's entire midfield and defence. Fran Beltran had equalised from a corner in first half stoppage time in between, but Celta are now winless in their last three. Athletic unbeaten in five under Garcia Garitano, and this was actually their first away win of the season in La Liga. Our Alex Johnson was watching at Balaidos, impressed by the two mid-twenties magicians who gave Los Leones a vital victory to get out of the relegation zone.
4: I was, David. I was. what a do. They have been subjected to some criticism this season, but both Munein and Williams sure showed up here, but it wasn't surprising in some respects. In his playing career, there is no team that Munein has beaten more than Celta. This is his 10th victory over Los Celestes and Inaki loves an away goal. Tonight was his 15th on the road in La Liga since he last scored at San Marmés. They showed the way tonight with Garra and had it not been for a brilliant Ruben Blanco, it would have been more. Speaking of Celta, Iago Aspas. I've said it before, but they missed him more than ever. They depend on him not just for his goals, but for everything he brings on the pitch. How he dictates the team. Maxi Gomez tried to drop deep and take on the Aspas role, but it just didn't work and midfield looked lost. Aspas' dependencia is real. Cheers, Alex.
1: Now, Real are just settling into life under Luis García Plaza, having held Real Madrid to a 2-2 draw in the first Liga game of 2019, where well, they picked up another point in a goalless encounter at Eibar, which was actually more entertaining than the scoreline suggests. The two goalkeepers, Acer Riesgo and Cedro Asenjo, both in sparkling form. Riesgo keeping out Dierre Moreno a couple of times in the first half, and Asenjo denied Fabián Orellana and Ivan Ramis. And on the one occasion when he was beaten, José Ramino Funes Mori cleared Gonzalo Escalante's shot off the line. Steady stuff. From Luis Garcia, one win and three draws from his first four games in charge, and he says his team is competing better than it had done before. Leganés also trying to get away from the drop zone, but after nine games unbeaten to end 2018, they started the new year with a one-dollar feat at Espanyol, who had lost their previous six games. The goal was a bizarre one. David López saw Pedro off his line, and from all of fifty yards out tried to lob the Lega keeper. It came back off the bar and Borja Iglesias was perfectly placed to head in for his ninth goal of the season. A Lega also had a Gerard Gumbao sent off, a high boot on Hernan Perez earning him a second yellow. Uh, it's a vital win for Espanyol to give them renewed hope after their wretched run. Now, Ruby mentioned that his team had personality and attitude and that never in those six straight defeats did they stop believing in what they were doing. He does have to put an arm around Leo Baptistao though. The Brazilian forward was seen in tears after being substituted late on. He'd missed three clear chances during the game And was whistled by some supporters. The other Friday night game to kick off match day 18 was a pulsating encounter in the freezing cold at the Estadio Ciudad de Valencia, which finished Levante 2, Girona 2. A quick thinking from a free kick helped Porto catch the host cold, but Levante captain Jose Luis Morales slalomed into the box and fired home the equalizer just before the hour. His teammate Sergio Postigo got himself sent off for a clumsy shove on Cristian Stuani. Alex Garcia scoring from the free kick that followed, only for Coque to scramble home a Jose Campaña set piece to rest rescue a point for Levante. Our very own Pak was there in attendance.
3: Another rousing finale at Ciudad de Valencia after Coque's equaliser, which actually was fair after what we saw in the game. Also plenty of whistling because of Undiano mayenko's performance with some controversial calls by the ref, which had the fans up in arms. Levante dominated and had more desire to win, but they were penalised on the counter-attack. Defensively, the team needs to keep improving as they are one of La Liga's worst teams when conceding goals. All in all, it wasn't a dream start to 2019, as on this cold, freezing night in the stadium, it was pretty obvious. Some signings are needed to reinvigorate the team at the back, and unfortunately, long-time Granota Vicente Iborra won't be back at Estadio Guita de Valencia.
1: In fact, he's just joined Villarreal from Leicester, signing a -a four-and-a-half-year contract. Thanks, Paco. Girona and Levante both sit in mid-table, but with Betis and Getafe both losing, well, they haven't lost ground on the European places. We'll see what both teams do to strengthen their squads in the coming weeks. So here's how the La Liga table looks after 18 games. Barcelona top with 40 points, Atletico second on 35, Sevilla third with 33, Alaves now fourth on 31 points, Real Madrid our fifth on 30 points. At the bottom, West Cup up the table with 11 points, then Rayo are second bottom but up to 16, Villarreal third bottom with 17 points, while Athletic Club and Leganes both have 19. Uh, before we go, your three-word verdicts on the match they just gone. Thank you for sending them to us on Twitter. Pete Collins says, that messy pass, yeah, the reverse pass in the game against Getafe, which cut out four players, easy. This from Pablo Landaverde Suarez excellent volley Oh yeah couldn't have hit it better could he Brian Miller's three words are Sevilla's missed chance They did edge it against Atleti But only got a draw Matthew Clark has gone for Alaves Our fourth Thanks Matt Yeah still amazes us as well a Richard Cosmada's verdict Is La Real stunner After their first win at the Bernabeu In 15 years Final thing Don't forget you can follow us on Twitter Especially with the Copa del Rey Last 16 first legs this week We'll keep you right across All eight matches in the week So check out At down on Twitter And feel free to rate this mini pod with five stars and as lovely a comment as you can think of because it really makes a difference that's your Lally Gallo down see you next time
4: this was a Radio Stakhanov production